was what, what influences our actual personal views. And there's really a point um, in our own thinking that we, we do, sometimes we kind of wobble, I'll say. We have a view of something, but we're not really concreted on that. And there's a point in our life where that view becomes ours to the point that we probably defend it. And uh, you just think about COVID in the last two years. And you can't help but have a view and defend that. And, but that's what influences our view. And I'm, I'm not talking about COVID. That's not my subject at all. It's uh, hopefully deeper than that, I guess. But, um, there, you know, I, I look at my phone every day and I get advertisements from Cabela's and Wayfair and Lowe's and Olive Tree, the app I like to use. And even LinkedIn now sends me things to people who looked at stuff. And Google tells me where I visited, where I traveled three years ago. It says I was in Manitoba. And, uh, you know, all the, the, the devices that we have and the electronics we have today, they, they artificial intelligence, they're designed to help us make decisions that, that they think we'll like, and they track and watch all kinds of things there too. And I'm not on that tangent either, but, you know, it's not like we plug the kettle or the toaster in where it boils water or it makes toast. There's lots of things that are watching and influencing what we do, and they're purposely designed that way. That's what advertisement is about. And one of the things I looked at says that for every dollar spent in advertising, you get just about double back if it's good advertising. But that's the purpose of advertising, is to influence us. And what, um, you know, even our, my credit card will divide up what I bought on my credit card, and it tells me what part of that might have been groceries or entertainment or just frivolous. And I think my wife gets a copy of that, and most of it says frivolous. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's always when I want to cut the budget, it's always in groceries, but uh, it doesn't seem like the spot to cut the budget. So anyway, you know, there's so many things that, that the world looks at and all that. And for those of us, I, I, I've heard we're from the 1900s in my generation, so we're kind of old. Some of us went through some of the things in the 1900s that... Uh, you know, YK2 is a big deal. I worked for a company that spent months preparing for YK2 and the impact that YK2 would have on us and the, the thought that things would crash and they would change. And I don't know if you've ever, there's a guy on CBC that, that literally went into a bomb shelter for 14 years because he thought the world was going to come to an end. And when he came out of the bomb shelter 14 years ago, his wife had moved on, internet Things had changed, but the earth was still here. And yet, what influenced him to go into his bomb shelter to think that he was going to preserve his life really destroyed his life. It took everything away from it. And so, as I was driving home one day, I'm probably going to bounce all over here, but apologize. The, the radio announcement came on for Canadian weather and climate change, I think is the way they worded it. The weather was brought to you from... Uh, Canadian weather and climate change. And I thought, okay, so when we turn the radio on, we want to hear the weather. That's what we really are interested in is weather. But there's a little sub-message there, climate change. And so we hear these little sub-messages in everything we do. When we drive, there's a, there's a couple crosswalks. Fort McMurray has a couple crosswalks, rainbow crosswalks. There's a message in those crosswalks that's contrary to the Word of God. If you take a look at uh, the weather, and we look, I've got scripture that I wrote down, but, uh, you know, the, the weather is in God's control. You know, they talked, when I, I'm going to bounce a little here, sorry, 
because I can't see my notes and I'm just going. But when I went to school in the 1900s, 1970-ish, sorry, I really like that saying, but uh, Paige is the one that said that, and I, I kind of liked it. So, But uh, when I went to school, they were actually teaching that the Ice Age was coming. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. That was taught in public schools under public guidelines, that the Ice Age was coming. Now, we don't teach that anymore. We teach the contrary to that. And you can see how that folds. And uh, it wasn't so long ago they were talking about the ozone layer having a gigantic hole and that we know there was, you got your uh, sun report and your ozone report and the news covered all this. And then there was a gigantic eruption, I think it was in Iceland, of a volcano that just filled the sky with ash. And it totally changed the impact of the weather like that. Like it changed everything that the government and the people were forecasting. And it changed it. And God is in control of all those events and all those things that, you know, earthquakes, tsunamis, and all those things. The wind is in his control. And yet we like to, to think that um, we have a bigger impact than we really do on, on those things. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't have an environment, environmental impact or responsibility on what God has created but when we start to put all these, these theories and notions that we have some greater control of what's not ours to control, there's a danger in that. And when we start to make crosswalks that really have a totally different message than what God's covenant between God and man was in the sign of a rainbow. The rainbow was a sign that God would never again destroy mankind with a flood. It had nothing to do with gay, LGBTQ, whatever that whole thing is. It had nothing to do with that. And yet, you know, whether you walk across that or you drive across that, there's a message being sent in that every day. And so, you know, I, I look at my life and I wonder how many things have impacted how I make decisions. And do I base them on what the Word of God teaches? And I think, Phil, you covered it very well on, on the way God made us. And different subject, but you know, it's so easy to be caught up with a world view because the world view is constantly pushing at us. I hear now, or I understand that even in kindergarten, there'll be questions that would put John and Jim and their son so-and-so. And it's very subtle, but it's very, it just slowly erodes and it works into every way that we think and we become, we have to become acceptant of that. And, <coughs> and uh, I think, you know, obviously God loves the sinner and we should love the sinner too. But recognizing where, where and what God's order and what God's plan is should always be a question that we have on our hearts on, on whether or not this really is what God intended. We, uh, um, it was mentioned last week, you think about Sodom and Gomorrah and, when, you know, what we read in, about Sodom and Gomorrah I, I was only in Vegas once. I never want to return again. Um, but I don't think there's anything in the world that probably comes closer to Sodom and Gomorrah than just the street signs and the streets there. But I would be foolish to think that that's only in Las Vegas because there's probably numerous parts of maybe even Portage of the Prairie or you could, you could find yourself in the same environments in any one of the cities in Alberta, B.C., Saskatchewan, Manitoba. You know what I mean? There's, it's there. And when we look at the end times and how close we are to the end times, our world is in a desperate situation right now, honestly. When you look around us and 
you see how degraded the teachings, the thoughts of what, what are, are constantly bombarding us, it, it can't be any closer to end times than it is today. And, you know, we talked, our kids and I were talking about this, and, and my grandparents thought they were living in the end times. My parents thought they were living in the end times. And yet, you know, I believe we are living in the end times, and, and yet we don't know for sure. I'll admit that. We don't know when the Lord will come. But you take a look at all this technology and all the things they talk about. Uh, they talk about uh, G5 internet or free internet. And what is the purpose of global world internet, but global world communication and a global power that will do this? And I, I don't pretend to even be an expert or a, even understand parts of this, but there's things that go on around us day to day that are constantly working and eroding away at our, our Christian lives and our characters as Christians. And we talked a little bit about this too and how that we should be peculiar, that we should stand out. And... and um, Joey was here, and he actually, we just had a conversation the day before as a family, and really Joey nailed it on the head. And when you think about, you know, we are going to expect to have some persecution, and we are hopefully going to stand out. And ultimately, the worst they can really do is take our lives. They can't take more than that. Because even in our failures and in our weaknesses, God loves us and has saved us even with those failures and weaknesses. And he's there when we're not sometimes. But I guess my point again is really what, what are we listening to? What influences us? How does that affect the decisions and the way we think about things? And I guess the challenge I had for myself is do we really weigh things up against God's word? And, you know, the one thing about the Bible it hasn't changed from the time my parents and my grandparents, I was brought up in a Christian home and my grandparents were saved too. The Bible hasn't changed. And yet, if you take a look around, um, I'm going to say denominational churches and the acceptance, and even, you know, there was, a, there was a time there were some, I want to, without naming names, there were some churches that probably spoke the gospel as clear as we do on Sunday nights, and yet they've departed from that. There's, there's places that believed in God's order and, and headship and rules and silence and head coverings. You watch Little House on the Prairie. You don't guys, that's another 1900s TV show, sorry. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. When you watch Little House on the Prairie, you know, even the church scene that they showed on Little House in the Prairie, although there was a pastor at the front there, they were singing gospel hymns. There was a gospel message in, in what was going on there. And I remember my dad talking lots. He loved it on the farm. And he said, when he grew up, he used to love the time spent on the tractor because you, you could think, you and God could think. You could be out there in the quietness, the unbusiness of it. But he said people were God-fearing people. Sundays, stores weren't open. You may not have been a Christian, and you may not have even gone to church, but there was a respect and a fear of a God. And today, we want to try to abandon, I don't say we, the world wants to try to abandon all of that. They want everything all the time, and at the point, they want to take what we value as conviction and our faith and to, and to take that away and to challenge us in some of those things. We keep hearing how that, you know, governments are passing laws that don't allow 
certain things. And, you know, if you're, a, if you're a cake shop and you make a, you refuse to make a cake for a homosexual couple because you don't feel that would be right, you're the one that's condemned on that. And you're, you're publicized in that, in that you have a stand and a conviction against that. that. And, and because God has a stand and conviction against that. And, and who is held at the, at the trials or the media or who is put out front there? But the person with the conviction. So if we expect not to have some of that in our lives, I think in the future maybe more, I think we're foolish. But are we really testing those things? And, and the, you know, it's pretty easy... Uh, it's pretty easy to start to adopt and accept some of these things. I don't know. There was times when people didn't have televisions, but there isn't a single commercial or television show or, you know, most things now, LGBTQ, whatever that, I'm sorry, but whatever that is, it's pushed into every one of those things. You can't see a Kellogg's cornflake commercial without it in it. You can't see anything without that message in there. And forbid it if you, if you stand up for a conviction that believes that sex should be held inside an institute of marriage that God has designed. You'll be ridiculed for that as a young person. You know, I'm going to read in First Timothy now. Sorry, I'm just going to... First uh, Timothy 1, verse 3. Uh, this is from a New American Standard. Um, As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths or endless genealogies, which give rise to, to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. Verse 6, For some men... Straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the, fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, and for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted. I also want to read First Timothy 4 and uh, verse 1. I may have got this wrong here, but... By the Spirit, explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully stored in by those who believe and know the truth. First uh, Timothy four verse six, actually verse seven. Uh, but having nothing to do with Worldly fables fit only for old women, and on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And I want to read one more in, in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 2. It says, Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, 
Conduct love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give attention to public reading of Scripture and exhortation and teaching. The reason I like this particular verse that I read last here, it says, let no one look down on your youthfulness. The young people here, you guys probably have the toughest battle in high school. High school seems to be the most, I think, uh, it's the only time I think in your life where you'll deal with so much uh, influence and pressure and abuse. And, I, you know, you get into the real world, and even university and college, I think people do become more focused on the fact that they're trying to get a career. But high school is not like that. And I know when I went to high school, it's not the same as it is today. The, the influences and the pressure is in everything that you do and everything that you feel around you. And without going into a whole bunch of detail, I went... In my high school years, I didn't even plan on bringing this up, but in my high school years, I, I, I was saved at 14. I went to high school and I wanted to be in the cool crowd. I wanted to be with the cool crowd. I didn't want to be the one that stood out peculiar, I guess. And so I started hanging with the wrong people and I started following the wrong people. But there was so much conflict in that because I knew where I was at and what I was doing was not, it was not, what the Lord wanted me to do. And I realized I wasted a number of years and influenced a number of my very close friends on the negativity of the gospel. I was no, no good for that. But in today's day and age, I do feel for you young people. And, and Timothy says, let no one look upon you for your youthfulness. You guys have a struggle that's greater than, than I think some of us adults really do comprehend or understand. In the pressures of what's being taught and the influences of what's being said, and even the pressure to be the person that, that accepts that change, accepts that worldview, to stand up against that and to have convictions that are God-given convictions and to hold fast to that, it takes a lot of work. But it says you need to do that through the reading of Scripture and exhortation and teaching. You need to fill yourself with that. You need to find yourself where you can get those encouragements. That's partly why we've talked about uh, youth activities and the importance of youth activities and, and why it's important that we support and help you in giving you, I'm going to say, options that, that are much more edifying than what you're going to get bombarded with in school from day to day. Anyway, for all of us, though, we are influenced, whether we like to think it or not, there are things that constantly erode at us. We, we hear of assemblies that are become under attack for convictions of the Word of God. We see people that are willing to, to leave what God has given them, that don't recognize the blessing of, of being gathered unto His name and even the, the outline and principles of the assembly. And we're not perfect. Now, there's nobody in here perfect, especially not me. But we have something that we should be so thankful for. We had the privilege of coming to remember our Lord this morning, not in anything that we brought, but really what he gave. And we were able to return thanks unto our Savior this morning. Out of a, out of a few silent words, out of a, a few silent thoughts, or out of some audible words and some praise and some hymns, we should be very thankful that we live in a country that is not... We meet so freely, and yet we take for granted we can come and go, and we can, we can read our Bibles in our homes and with our children and, and by ourselves and come here together 
and nobody is persecuting us for that. But there is a persecution that I believe is the, the fact that we're influenced. We're being influenced. We have people that are trying to erode what we truly believe, even there's erosion that works away at, at homes and families. Excuse me. And in our lives. But we need to be faithful. And we need to trust, trust God and we need to look to Him in all our, our decisions and our paths and how we go and the choices we make. And I encourage you young people, try to push through these years of high school. Try not to let the influences of the world bombard you. Try to keep close to the Word of God and keep close to each other. And I want to say survive high school because it's a tough go. But the future, honestly, is much better after you get past these tougher years. Not that there isn't any struggles after high school. There's lots. But I, I do feel for you. It's a tough time. I think I've exhausted what I need to say or want to say. And uh, just pray the Lord's blessing upon it. Our dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank Thee. We thank Thee so much for Thy grace, Thy love. We thank Thee that we can meet in such a free way to open Your Word and learn from it. We thank Thee for those that exhort and encourage. And Lord, we pray that we might all be an encouragement and a help for each other, that You would help not only for us to build each other up, but for each other to help build us up too, that it might be a group and mutual um, effect of, of thy love on us to each other. We think of the afternoon events and think of the opportunity to go swimming and sing and potluck supper. We ask thy blessing upon this time too. We think of those that are, are sick right now and not able to be with us, and those that due to health reasons are not able to join us in person, but have joined us on Zoom. We thank you for your blessing and ask your help throughout this week. And we ask and pray this in your worthy and precious name. Amen.